Love Talk Radio. being shared and thought, wow, that looks really interesting. I want to jump in and see what they're doing today. So 
um, definitely welcome to everybody that's listening in. We do stream live in three additional places, Talk Stream Live, Stream Finder, and PIN, known as Pair Encounters Network. And I welcome everybody listening through those channels as well. In addition to those that are catching our podcast at iTunes, TuneIn.com, and through my YouTube channel. During this show, what I do is I look at living a more compassionate life by aligning with your personal life code. And many times what I do is I do have guests on the show um, so that you learn about their work and other things that may be an option for your code energy. I also highlight different musical artists along the way as I'm doing today. Those that have been listening know I love to coordinate those with the turning of the year, so to say, and we are coming up on the autumn equinox, one of my favorite times of year. And uh, so it's going to be very, very exciting to share this work. And I find, too, music has such a great impact as well when we're working with our codes. They tend to align to different types of music for different types of people. And I think today's guest is really going to share share his alignment with the music he's doing. And uh, definitely I hope some of you will also find a great alignment uh, with the music that he's sharing. And then I will also be doing a variety of different topics on this show and offering not only the topics, tools, resources, thoughts um, that will allow for personal exploration, universal insights, and expanding your perception of how life works. So what I do in my own work is I interpret a person's life code to allow them to live a life filled with compassion. I've created the Genesis Clearing Statement, and if you've missed that, you can catch that in the archives of where other people have interviewed me. I've authored four books. The most recent are You, Me, Life Dreams, and You, Me, Life Dreams, the workbook. Then my first two books, Activating Compassion and its companion workbook. And in addition, I am a collaborator on a fifth book called Embraced by the Divine coming out this holiday season. We're starting the release on that, so I'm very excited that um, that will start getting released in November, actually. And in addition, I've created what used to be called the Compassion Tour. It's now the True North Tour, and that is all about helping you find the direction that works for you personally, and that's a multi-state nationwide tour, including workshops, retreats, book seminars, book signings, and fundraising events. And you can follow all the events, uh, by the way, to register for those through my website. If you just hop right on over to Jesse and Nichols George, the number one.com, and everything's there. And I do also want to mention that this upcoming week, uh, tables are getting turned, and I am going to be getting interviewed by um, Luella May on her show. And if you have a chance to jump over to that and catch that show, it's really great. You can go onto my website, and I'm going to be posting the link this weekend for that show. And if you happen to miss it, you can catch an archive version of it as well. So I'll be talking more about the code work uh, through her show and what I've been doing there. Just a reminder, by the way, if you do enjoy today's show, make certain you share it with people because... I think this is going to be one of those shows you're going to want to share. You're going to want to share this music. You're going to want to share what um, CJ has to to share with us. And uh, and it's going to be one of those that I think you're going to walk away going, wow, I'm really ready for the next phase here. I'm really, really ready for the next section of year to come about. And I'm really ready to embrace the equinox. And they can always, by the way, listen to it in the archives using the very same link that you use to get into the show. Then they can listen at their convenience or they can, again, catch it on the podcast at iTunes, TuneIn.com, or through my YouTube channel. Now, before we get started on everything, 
those that have listened in before know that I like to delve into a little book called 72 Names of God by Yehuda Berg, who is a wonderful Kabbalah master that takes big, giant concepts and turns them into practical things that we can use in our everyday life, which I really love because that's a lot of what I do in my work as well, is take the big concepts and bring it into how does it apply to our everyday life. And uh, opening up to today's uh, offering here from Yehuda, we have the common name of God known as angelic influences. So he goes on to give a little pre-message here. Uh, that says the universe is seething with both positive and negative angelic forces. Forget those images of cherubs. In truth, an angel is a particle of spiritual energy, like subatomic particles. Angels pop in and out of existence from our words, thoughts, and actions. And the insights Yehuda gives on this is, our senses and consciousness are by design limited. Therefore, the power of angels remains out of sight to the eye and elusive to the rational mind. But like the wind, gravity, or radiation, the inf of angels is very real. Did you ever accidentally slip and fall for no apparent reason? Hit your thumb instead of the nail with a hammer. Make a really, really stupid decision. Experience a losing streak that never seemed to end. This is the influence of negative angelic forces at work. Good fortune is the result of influence of positive angels. Acts and words that embody sharing, tolerance, compassion, and self-control over our ego and its constant stream of judgment ignite positive forces. They also end the existence of negative angels. Behavior that exemplifies selfishness and intolerance creates negative forces. According to quantum physics, countless subatomic particles are constantly coming in and out of existence in all parts of the universe at every moment. At this microscopic level, these so-called virtual particles can pop into existence for brief moments before returning to nothingness, causing up and down energy fluctuations. This is another example of science discovering the physical counterpart of reality, or of spiritual reality, I should say. And I think this is interesting given the guests that we have <laughs> today that this is the message that would come up for us. But, of course, it always does apply, right? And then the meditation Yehuda goes on to provide is, using this name, you now access the network of angels. You remove negative angels and their chaotic influence from your life, and you ignite the forces of positive angels. And all of this power is activated by your sincere commitment toward transforming your character. Now, again, the common name is Angelic Influencer, and the formal name is Hei Sayan Yod. Hei Sayan Yod is the formal name. And I will have that posted um, along with some other things uh, on my page of the Main Street Universe tab on my website. Again, Jessianne Nichols George and number1.com. You can go back and reflect on that message through the week as well as also the code interpretation for the week will be posted up there. So. Always fun to to go back through there. Now, a little thought to get us headed in the direction of our guest today. Have you ever loved doing something so much that nothing would keep you from having that in your life? And have you ever enjoyed something to the point that you didn't concern yourself if you ever got well known for it? 
or even made a dime doing it? Have you ever enjoyed something so much that you wanted to share it with others to allow them the opportunity to enjoy it too? Well, there's no doubt that this sounds like a romantic version of living your dream in a sense. And there's no doubt that to be in such a space, one needs to tap into total fulfillment of the activity without concern for whether others approve or don't. When people talk about living their dreams or living their passion, this is often the space they would love to be in, free from having to actually earn a living at what they are doing. However, one thing most any teaching shows us is to do what fills our hearts with great joy, and things will come together. We will be provided for, and the doors will open. Yet, I don't know of many that have to trust that it will happen that way. And I'm not certain that there are too many that have found something that fills them with so much love and pleasure that they would find a way to not only do it, but to share it with others. And oftentimes, this is where we begin to have excuses or set it aside to go earn a living and something else or feeling discouraged and downtrodden. Perhaps this is a great lesson for us to consider as well, though, because I relate this much to loving someone so much that you are unwilling to be without them in your life. Now, I don't mean in the obsessive stalker type of way, but more like the way twin flame energy would flow. And you would relocate, for example, to be with them, or you're so happy that you would make the necessary adjustments. And it seems to me when we fully connect with something, this is also the way it is. Sure, there are plenty of things out there that we can enjoy or find pleasure in, but it's likely that there are a few that drive us to this more ecstatic state where the kundalini rises and the mere participation in playing a song or doing a meditation or other such work fills us in a way that leaves us nearly drunk from the experience of participation. C.J. Monzak has found this fulfillment in his music, and although he indulges in many spiritual aspects of life, from healing, shamanic work, and is a yogi, it is his music that he feels compelled to go out and share with others. He has no concern if he is ever mentioned for it or if he obtains interviews or sells a certain number of CDs. He simply wants to give others the chance to experience the pleasure from hearing this music that he gets and playing it. Soulful activities, we might say. And these are the things that we do and think that was so incredible or I don't ever want to come down from this high, or walk around in the euphoria for days after participating in it. These are the things where we know we are fully and completely connected with divine presence. Time transcends when we participate in them, as we often are in a trance-like state when doing them. And you might say that this is where magic happens. This is the same as when the rider and the horse are one movement, and it is when you are really in the world but not of it. Here we find our hearts so full of love that our human self is able to experience the bliss of the divine, even if it is for a few moments. Here, the flow happens effortlessly. Have you ever experienced anything that filled you this fully, and have you ever been so merged in the moment that you transcended time and space? Have you ever truly shared something with no concern or thought of what you would get from doing it in return? The code for this week reminds us that love is what unlocks the doors to a favorable future. And this includes love of what you are doing, love for others, and love for yourself. For some, they will experience this through partnerships 
and relationships. For others, it will be a deep internal connection with themselves. And still, there will be others that experience this through connection with the divine or angels. No matter what or where the connection, it is the vibration of love that not only opens doors, but draws in those that want to both assist and be a part of what we are doing and sharing with the world. Are you allowing others to help you in your journey? Is it your heart unconditionally open in what you're doing and in your interactions with others? Pure and simple, it's about love. I'm going to take a short break, and when we return, I am going to have C.J. Monzak with us, and he's going to be sharing his life experiences, his, his work, and his music. And the song that I've got for you for break today is by our guest, C.J., and it's called Simple Pleasures. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Thank you. 
and welcome back. You are listening to Code Connection. My name is Jesse Ann Nicholas George. And that song was called Simple Pleasures. It's by today's guest, CJ Monzak. And um very excited to have him on the show, by the way. Uh, this is Code Connection, if I didn't mention that. <laughs> and uh, those that have been listening in do know that around the turning of the year time frames, I do bring on musical guests, and I've had some incredible guests this year. And today we have CJ with us sharing his, his music. Now, uh, you know, I, before I kind of get into sharing with you about CJ and give you a little intro for him, you know, it's, it's interesting because those that know me know that I've been traveling and I've been on tour all around the U.S. and I was traveling with my cat for a while. And, um, and part of those journeys took me into the Quad Cities area, which is overlapping uh, several different states that overlaps, like Illinois and Iowa and that whole corner region right in there. And uh, I, was, I was hanging out in that region for a while and um, a couple of weeks or so, a month, I don't know, <laughs> something like that. And I was down at one of the little um, farmer's markets that they have going on. They have a really nice farmer's market, by the way, and I'm walking around down there just kind of exploring things. And I hear this music, and I'm like, where's that music coming from? And, you know, you got plenty of people everywhere, and I finally keep listening to music, and I follow my way through, and here I come across this little patch of grass, and here's this guy sitting there with his steel halo, I guess it was, or hand fan, or however they are called. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have been trying to connect with somebody that plays one of these instruments for so long to bring on to the show. And here was this person that was real and authentic, and I'm like, wow, this is really exciting. And, and so I listened to, to him for a while, and I'm like, I really like what this guy's doing. I really like his vibe. It's very genuine. It's very real. Um, you know, and, and this, is, this is really cool. So then I started to talk with him a little bit, and he's like, uh, I don't I don't know if I want to come on and be a guest. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not really, you know, I don't really have to do interviews. I don't really have to. Yeah, and, and I thought, this is a really great, you know, person. And, and so I kind of left my card with him, and I said, well, you know, I'd like to have you on the show. And I took one of his cards and, you know, think about it. And, and if you are willing to do it, you know, then, then let me know. And so I was very, very happy when he said yes. I, I will come on the show and I will do an interview with you. Um, so I, I just wanted to give that little personal lead in to it. So I'm very, very excited to have him with me. And uh, of course, again, today's guest is DJ Monza. And I'm sure he'll correct me with the <laughs> pronunciation of this last name. But he is a spiritual counselor, chakra clearing, shamanic energy healing. And CJ holds a Master of Science degree in ceramic engineering from the Missouri University of Science and Technology. He works in research and development and holds several patents. He continues to study philosophy, psychology, various world religions, and spiritual practices, metaphysics, and modern physics. He is a full Mesa-carrying shaman in the Peruvian tradition, Reiki master, and Kriya yogi. In addition, CJ plays a Pantheon Steel Halo, Seafolk Hanpan, and Sarag Hanpan. And we will be looking today at his music, sharing his work, and playing that throughout 
the show today, and you can connect with him uh, through his website or webpage where his music and his CD is, and that is shamanscientist.bandcamp.com. And, CJ, I've got your mic opened up, and thank you so much for being here today. I really, really appreciate it. And thank you, Jesse. It's a pleasure to be here with you and to have the opportunity to share a little bit about myself with your listeners. And it's so fun because I got to meet you in person, which is so flipped from most of my guests. Most of my guests, I, I connect with them someplace online, and then I meet them later on. And with you, it got turned around. But, you know, I would love for you to start off sharing with everybody about how did you get into all of this? Because you have a really interesting blend between the science and the spiritual realm. And, you know, and then to go to the music from everything else. So maybe you can share with us about your journey a little bit. Sure. Well, in my mind, all of my pursuits are all related. It all comes down to a desire to know the truth and to explore it. So that has led to my engineering discipline because of my desire to understand the way uh, matter works, you know, the way it interacts. And I was fascinated by the thought that the matter that we perceive as solid is mostly empty space, and that which isn't empty space is really just little fields interacting. And there's almost, you know, it's almost ridiculous to think of anything as being a particle that's really solid. Uh, Along with that was my desire to understand the things that we cannot directly perceive. And so that began at a Well, it was when I first entered college, about the age of 18, that I started exploring the the mystical tradition and especially the religions and uh, the different spiritual practices of the East. I think it started when I came across Herman Hesse's book, Siddhartha. And after reading that, I I really had a great thirst to learn more about uh, the Eastern religions, and I started delving into the Bhagavad Gita, which is one of the foundational texts of the Hindu religion. Uh, Since then, I have gone in so many directions. I've really been trying to find all the commonalities between the different systems out there and looking especially to the mystics for their common experiences and the whole time wanting to have these experiences for myself. Um, And that has led me into uh, many of the different areas that I now practice in because I've desired to contact spirit, to have some connection to the divine for myself. Um, The way the music came into it all was, uh, like so many things, just kind of an accident. I was in the right place at the right time, much like we met. Uh, What happened was some friends of mine were going to go and see this spoken poetry that was performed by a man named uh, Barak Kanan, also known as Dreaming Bear. He was touring around the United States with this new instrument that I had never seen or heard of, and he was uh, presenting a spoken poetry while playing this musical accompaniment. And honestly, I'm not much for poetry, but I couldn't take my eyes off of his hands as he moved him around this strange-looking instrument. It looks like a UFO. And I just couldn't believe the quality of the sound that came out. It was unlike anything I'd heard. It filled the room 
with such a majestic sound. I, I went up to him after the show, and I said, well, what is this instrument? He said, it's called a hung, and it's from Switzerland. And I said, well, how much do they cost? And he said, oh, uh, $750. Well, I, I thought at the time, oh, that's awfully expensive. I don't think I can afford one. And I kind of left it um, fall from my mind after that. It wasn't until, that was in August of 2010. It wasn't until the spring of 2011, and for some reason I can't recall why, that I went online and started searching about it. And then I found a website called handpan.org, became a member, and started learning about these instruments and how to acquire one. Um, it took about six more months before I bought my first instrument. And um, as they say, the rest is history. I went through several instruments trying to find uh, a particular model, make, scale, one that has the right mood that appealed to me. And uh, when I found this halo that I have, I knew that it was one to keep. And I will, I intend to keep it forever. It is a one-of-a-kind, beautiful instrument made by my friend Kyle Cox at Pantheon Steel in Missouri. And uh, he was gracious enough to try something new for me. I, I made a request for a custom instrument that had never been tried. In fact, not only had he never tried the scale, he had never even tried the uh, particular note that is the foundation of the instrument, the low note in the center, the E-flat. And so he uh, he went ahead and tried it, and it came out beautifully. And I couldn't be more thankful for him because uh, or to him for what it's opened up for me. Uh, I love going down and, and to the farmer's market, as you know, and playing it for people there. Uh, it's just a great opportunity to engage people in conversations and uh, – to share something that I dearly love with others. You you bring up some wonderful pieces in sharing your journey, and I think that there's they're ones that a lot of people can relate to. Uh, that is when you you know are going along and you're studying these different things, and like you, I have always had that kind of quest to know the truth behind something. Um, which is where a lot of my work shifted to what it is now in code and looking at, at people's codes to help them understand the truth of things. And, you know, you mentioned that part of it for you was finding common ground between the mystics. And that was one of the big pieces I found along the way. Like yourself, I looked towards a lot of Eastern religions to start with and then one of the biggest pieces of information I ever got was the truth lies in the common ground. And uh, so so it was great to hear you say that as well. But also you talk about here you had done this work and you had gone through these different things and, and it kept opening your mind more and more and you had studied these different religions and practices. But but then when you got the experience of the hand pen and I think for a lot of people they can relate to that because once you click into your path, it's like you just you just really do that joy level. There's nothing like it. You know, there's nothing that can do it. But I think like there's a lot of people out there going, yes, I can really relate because I, I find something I connect with, but I can't afford it or I can't do it right now, and yet it doesn't go away. 
You know, it just it doesn't go away. It's always there. It's always a piece of you, and that seems to always surface up at just the moment that is appropriate for you to take hold of it. And um, so I'm glad that you shared those pieces of it. Um, I, too, when I first saw this instrument played by somebody, I thought this is a fascinating instrument that you could get this kind of sound and how blessed you were to have a friend that could make you one <laughs> that that was so customly done for you. Well, I, I, he became a friend later. Uh, at the time when I first discovered his instruments, I didn't know him at all. And it's uh, an interesting story in the Law of Attraction about how I did come to meet him and acquire one of his instruments. Uh, these stories come up often uh, when you read about people's acquisition of these instruments because they are very expensive and also very rare. Uh, they, they're very difficult to acquire, especially the particularly sought-after instruments. For example, after I saw Dreaming Bear play, and he told me that I could expect to pay $750 for one of them. When I did finally uh, look it up on the Internet, I found that they were going for many thousands of dollars. So I was a little dejected at that point. But uh, since that time, I have seen where people who can't afford one are able to acquire one you know, through the kindness and generosity of total strangers. Uh, there's a woman who lives in Canada who is the eldest member of handpan.org and everyone got together and chipped in money and helped her to acquire one of the world's finest instruments made in Russia and it was just such a beautiful story of how these instruments open people's hearts and bring them together you know in listening to you talk on that CJ you've got a song that is titled Moment and everything you're talking about to me seems to maybe relate to that song because it's all about the moments that we have in life that create these stories. Yes, that's exactly what I that's what I had in mind when I named the song. Well, we're going to play that song right now. It's a short a short uh, song here, so let's play that for our listeners and uh, they can think about maybe some of the moments that they've connected with along the way and the people they've connected with in moments.
For those that are just joining in with us, this is Jesse Ann Nichols-George, and you're listening to Code Connection. And today I have on the show with me DJ Monzak, and um, wonderful work that we're highlighting. We're highlighting his work in music as um, part of the turning of the year that we're approaching, the autumn equinox. And CJ plays the Pantheon Steel Halo Seafolk Pantan and the Roz Pantan. So um, welcome to everybody who's just joining in right now and going, hey, what's this music and what's going on today? And so we've got this absolutely wonderful guest. Yeah, I love how moments connect us. You know, I, they're like the dots. And, you know, as we, as we live in these moments, and we're willing to experience the moments fully. And then we can go back and look at them at different points along the way and see this whole journey that we've taken along the way. We can um, see the shifts that we've made along the way. But, um, you know, you were talking about moments with the people that are involved in handhand.org, and if, I, if I'm remembering that website correctly. And you know, how kind of shifted their life as well in there. Yes. Um, I, I, I've even been um, involved in helping a young girl uh, the age of 11 to acquire a handpan for free. Uh, it, this was a one-time contest that a maker in France offered one of their prototype instruments for free to a worthy recipient. So I nominated this girl because... She has an absolute love and, and passion for handpans, and she's had the opportunity to, to try mine out. And she just wanted one so badly, but I knew that it would never be possible for her because her mother is single and uh, doesn't make a lot of money. And, you know, it's difficult to raise two children alone, much less try to afford a multi-thousand-dollar instrument. So... I was so overjoyed to be able to make it possible that, you know, even help out a little to make it possible for her to be an owner of one of these instruments. And uh, it was just wonderful to be able to share that with the community, too, because uh, I posted a little video of her receiving it, and it was all a big surprise to her and her parent, her mother. So, uh, yeah, it, and it all comes down to um, being present in each moment. That's really what I had in mind when I when I named that song. It was to remind myself that all we have is each moment and that when we get lost in worrying about the future or remembering the past, we're not being present in this moment. And it's only in this moment where the joy can be found. It's such an important thing for us to keep in mind. Um our greatest experiences happen, I agree, when we are fully in the moment. And too often we're doing something and we're thinking about something else and going, oh, I've got to go to the store after this and I've got to take care of that. And instead of just being in the moment and really immersing ourselves in it. And if we really think about our memories and the times that we think the most fondly of and the times that have the biggest impact on us. I agree, CJ, that is when we're fully in that moment. And and you bring us in your story such a beautiful sharing of how we can always help others, you know, in 
these paths and these processes and how when we're doing the work that we love, we reach out. You know, it's not it's not a like uh, an aspect of, hey, I'm getting drained out or I need to spend some time giving to people. It just happens. Um, you find that with your music. I find that with my codes and watching somebody's life turn around and watching the tears go down their face because they were on the edge of losing their home or whatever else and you, you help them turn their life around is, I think, one of the most amazing spaces to be in. Absolutely. Um, I've had the pleasure to be able to experience that with many people, including through the music. I've been surprised at just how many people have come up to me and told me about how my music has helped them to stay in the moment and has, in many cases, brightened their day or their life. Um, One woman commented that she likes to use my music in the car to treat her road rage. (laughs) Um, There are people who use it for meditation. You know, it helps them to get into the moment. And that's what it does for me when I'm playing it. I consider it another type of meditation practice. Um, I've even been playing before where I closed my eyes and stopped thinking entirely and just drifted away, and it was like the instrument was playing itself. I wasn't there anymore. There was just the instrument was being played. (laughs) I think that's part of what drew me to you is because in observing you, that's what I saw. I saw this full connection with the music, and it was like, you didn't care whether anybody was listening or not listening. You were so into the music and so aligned with just playing. And I think people forget sometimes if we'll just step into that space, we're impacting so many lives. And and it's not about worrying about is somebody watching me or is somebody seeing this or what are they thinking. It's about the joy that they get from seeing somebody in that alignment. And I think that's so very important to keep in mind in life. Yeah, I've seen people uh, I've seen people standing there in public in the farmer's market in a big crowd just break down into tears because of the music. Once uh, there was a paralyzed man in a wheelchair and his his wife came over and whispered in my ear that he was crying because the music was so beautiful. And it's things like that that I could have never imagined would, would be happening uh, through the music. And I'm, I'm just so lucky to be able to experience that. And I love that you're in the everyday venue of a farmer's market. You know, you're not necessarily saying, hey, I've got to go out and play the Rose Bowl <laughs> or things like that. It, it's such a great example how just doing the work, we're going to transform lives, and just it doesn't take some big giant venue to move a lot of people and stir those emotions up. I'm going to play the song Turn It Around um, that you did and let people think about some of the experiences that maybe turned them around in their life or some of the things they've been able to share in their life that have turned something around for somebody as well. We'll be back in a couple of minutes.
welcome back. You are listening to Code Connection. This is Jesse in Nichols, Georgia. And today I have with me a musical guest, CJ Monza, and that was his song, Turn It Around. We're listening to his stories and his thoughts and his sharing today, as well as his music. And, um, and it's such a blessing to have CJ on because he's not one that gives out a lot of interviews. So I'm very, very privileged to, to have him on the show, very blessed by that. Um, I could really sense an alignment when I met CJ and what he was providing to the world in this beautiful, authentic, heart-centered space. And I do want to mention, by the way, if you're enjoying the songs that you're hearing on the show today, you can just hop right on over to CJ's website, which is uh, or, or music page, which is shamanscientist.bandcamp.com. So shamanscientist.bandcamp.com. And if you've missed any part of the show, definitely encourage you to go back and listen to the archives, which are available immediately afterwards as well. So, you know, CJ, we were talking about how this turned around, and you have some just really heartfelt stories, which I absolutely love, and I think it's so great to be sharing this at the autumn equinox time because it's a time of year where we're not only entering into reflections, but we're planting seeds at the same time. And this is the time of year that that what's in our heart right now is what's going to blossom come spring. And so to be sharing this is is really, really wonderful to say the least. Yeah. Yeah, I have another story where uh, following my heart has led to something beautiful in my life. Um, aside from my, my lovely wife and daughter, of course, uh, there was a hobby that I had several years ago, modifying and uh, basically hot-rotting flashlights. And I found it interesting because, you know, it combines several different areas that already interested me, including electronics, um, heat transfer from physics, and, of course, light. Um, I've always been very interested in light and manipulating it. And so I started making these uh, these high-powered LED flashlights and also high-powered incandescent flashlights, etc. And that led to an invention that I believe I was given by Spirit. It is for a flashlight that helps firefighters to see better in smoke. And so I have patented that, and I'm working on getting it out into market because I can't wait for it to start saving lives. And it's just amazing to me how, looking back on it all, that led to this uh, this product, this real-world, life-changing thing, which I, I could have never foreseen. And it was all from just following my passion. You know, and that's it. When you're in that heart-centered space, it, it does open up. When you find the connection the way that people – when people find the connection the way you have with your music – it just opens up this creative energy on many levels. And I love that you're, you've got, I guess, several patents out <laughs> from what I'm understanding. But this, boy, Northern California could certainly use this particular one with firefighters. I think that that's, it's great. When you step into starting to open up the light within, it seems like you naturally start bringing things 
that also bring light into the world. Um, you know, as you say, that comes in this heart-centered space that brings better ways of being, if you want to say that, or, or um, into the world. And I know that CJ's got a little bit of delay on his side, so that's why I pause every now and then in case people are wondering in there. Um, but definitely a great invention in there. And, you know, CJ, you mentioned also that your music is like a meditation. And I think this is great because so many people, they try to get in their heads and try to force themselves to meditate and to be quiet. And music is an incredible meditation to work from, I think. It's one of those that kind of gives our mind a place to be, but it allows us to be clear and empty at the same time (laughs) in the mind. (laughs) Yes, I've had comments from several people who said that they just drift away um, in their minds. You know, they... They're just far, far away uh, when they're listening to the music. And I take that as the highest compliment uh, because I do think that it is a wonderful state to be able to access. It brings us back to our center. It allows us to face the day with new vigor and uh, to be able to take the challenges of life in stride. And I personally have been down the path of trying to force myself to meditate, and I've learned that trying to force your mind to do anything only adds more energy to it, and all that energy causes the mind to be uh, unsettled. So I've been you know, exploring all the different types of meditation and finding that simple is often better, and if someone can find an activity such as taking a walk in the park or uh, listening to music or maybe dancing. There's so many different possibilities. It could be crocheting, for example, that bring them into that space. Then that's a fully valid form of meditation, and they can use it to their benefit. You know, that's really well said, um, what you shared there, and, and I agree. I think when I was younger, it would have been very hard to tell me that the really super simple things, although I knew it on one hand, <laughs> it would have been hard to convince me that the most simple things in the world were were the most enjoyable. And I sit at this point in my life, and I do a lot of reflecting these days on the aspects of how much things have shifted and changed and turned around in my life. And then, you know, coming from that space of center that it's like, yeah, just put me under a tree someplace and let me sit for a while, let me go for a walk, and I am as happy as can be with the most simple things. And um, simplicity is is really a beautiful gift. Now, you wrote a song called Reflections from the Center, and in this song, it, it shows off a little slower pace than some of your other music, and I always like to like to write down some notes when I'm uh, listening to music from artists that I'm <laughs> having on the show. And I put down here, I put down here, self-connection, introspective, um, and discovery were the three key words that I put down. 
Yeah, for me, this song was about finding your center and going back into the, to your center. And then you go out into the world. So that's the exhalation portion. And then you take that centeredness out into the world and you meet people from your center. And then, you know, usually the events of the day tend to cause a little drift away from our center. And then we come back again, find our center again. And the song was about, you know, reflections that are from that space of being centered. And and that center point is important because I think a lot of people they get wrapped up in I've got to be out in the world, I've got to be doing all the sharing, I've got to, you know, be out among people and they forget to come back and center regularly. Uh so I'm, yeah, in I'm our in our culture we work Yes, in our culture we emphasize the importance of doing and we forget the importance of your state of being. And that state of being is huge. And and to come back to ourselves, to keep bringing it back, and as you mentioned, to go out into the world where we can explore and we can get some insights and some interactions, but then to come back and allow those to integrate back in, get re-centered. And I found myself, now, you know, some people would say, there's no way in the world you're an introvert. (laughs) But I truly am. And... You know, yes, I can get out and connect with people, but I have to always come back to my center. Um, That's part of my nature. And I find that the way I best handle being out in the world is is when I am coming from that place of my own center. Um, I take time to do that every day, and I think it's just critical for existing in this world. You know, to keep coming back and touching base with me and yes. along the way. As do I. I. I take a little time out each morning when the house is quiet to uh, practice some form of meditation or another as so that I can start my day, you know, with a very calm and centered perspective. And and I I find that it really sets the energy in motion in a beautiful direction because I do that. I take a little bit of time before I get up every day and stop and go, okay, I'm going to create an amazing day today. And it's going to be filled with blessings and it's going to be filled with great experiences for me. And I set that in motion and I just take the time to be in that space and then I get up and I get going. And then at the end of the day, I also take that time. And then there's always those little moments throughout the day, even when you're out and about with people, that you can stop and check in, I think, with yourself as well and grab that piece of center in there. Yeah, I've actually started a a new practice to me where I I try to keep um, centered throughout the day rather than only putting a little time to it each morning. And that is uh, basically what's known as karma yoga, where you're constantly working to uh, keep the perspective that there is more to life than just this physical world, that you are a spiritual being on a physical journey, and that there is infinite joy and power 
that is accessible to you, if only you can come into alignment with it. Really beautifully said. And getting to that point where we learn to stand and not face consistently throughout the day, um, you know, I think we still need those quiet, conscious, reflective times. <laughs> but to be able to stand in that space in the outer world is um, such a beautiful gift and a beautiful way of living. We're going to play this song, Reflections from the Center, and let people do a little reflecting and, and a little connecting and see what they come up with as well.
Welcome back to all of our listeners. This is Jesse Ann Nichols George, and you're listening to Code Connection. Today, I have with me on the show CJ Monzak, who plays a Pantheon Steel Halo, Cecil Pantan, and Sarah Pantan. And if you're enjoying the music that we're sharing here on the show today, definitely go over to his page, check it out, shamanscientist.bandcamp.com, and uh, you can actually pick up his CD from that page there. It's very affordable and um, lots of great music that you can just listen to, meditate with, and he's been sharing with us wonderful, wonderful stories about his journey with this work, with um, sharing his music, lives that he's touched, um, you know, what is behind some of the songs and the music and the lessons that go with that, the important pieces of life, being in the present, cherishing the moment, taking time to reconnect with our center, um, all very, very important pieces, whether we choose to live as an individual or whether we are sharing our own work with the world out there. So, um, again, thank you so much, CJ, for being with us here today on Code Connection and and sharing all of these stories. And and I'm going to have you keep sharing (laughs) stories here as we go. Well, it's my pleasure to be here. Thanks again for having me. And um, so, you know, with, you do have all these great lessons here, and, and my mind keeps thinking, wow, we can go a lot of different directions <laughs> here on things. Um, I, I kind of zone out in that song, Reflections. That's, that's one of the ones that just really gets to me, Reflections from the Center. I, I just take off with it. <laughs> I'm, I'm in a great meditative space. <laughs> I'm thinking that you probably have something to share with us, be it a thought, a way of living life, um, or story of some sort uh, that ties in with another one of your songs, which is called Playful. And and I just love when I listen to your music because I really get what the music is trying to portray. It's very easy with your music. On one hand, it's very simple, but you can hear all these little complex little undertones of things. And, you know, whatever the energy is that it's titled, like, that just really fully comes out, and I love that. Well, thank you so much. Uh, yeah, that particular song, Playful, for me, it uh, reminded me of the innocence of children playing together. And it, it just kind of captured that quality in my mind. And, and so I named it Dustly. Uh, but yet you also commented on the depth of the instrument. The sound has many layers. And it's it's an amazing instrument in that, for example, my entire album is played with only nine notes. That is all the instrument produces, just nine notes. <laughs> and, and it's fascinating because so many times we think we have to have, you know, the more the better. The more complex it is, the more I have to work with. But we forget, it kind of goes back to what you were saying about simplicity, that actually it takes very few things to, you know, create what sounds like or can be a world of of things in there. You know, we 
we think we have to add all of this stuff into a recipe, for example, and all we need is a couple of ingredients, and we can make a lot of different things from that. <laughs> a couple of ingredients in there. Yeah, I, I found that uh, I didn't need all the notes available on a piano keyboard. In fact, I become confused by the possibilities. Through the limitations of the instrument comes great freedom in expression. Pretty much anyone can pick... Go right ahead. I was just going to say... Well, I, uh, I seem to be having another call trying to come in. I apologize. Uh, I actually lost my train of thought. Would you, would you go ahead? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will, and I'm sure it will trigger back in for you because uh, you, were, you were talking about how limitation creates freedom. And, you know, I was going to say that's a great thing for us to think about oftentimes it takes us being restricted to slow us down, get us out of the complex, and get back to those few ingredients, so to say, that really allow us a world of experiences. Um, You know, it it drums up our creative aspects. I know myself where touring on the road, I would run into these different limitations or restrictions, as you would say, and I would have to get very creative about how I would do something along the way um, with it. So, yeah, I I can completely relate (laughs) to that concept and how that opens really big doors. Yeah, the, the notes of the instrument are chosen so that nearly every note works well with every other, and there's almost no wrong thing you can do when you start tapping on it. That's a really cool thing, and and you know your song playful. We're going to play that in a minute. I I think that ties in with it in that sense of the childlike energy, that playfulness, that fun, that being willing to be unrestricted and and try something, realizing it doesn't really matter whether you do it a certain way. You can create just from playing just from, you know, being in that state of of letting go. Yeah, when people ask how you you learned to play the instrument, you know, did you get lessons? And I tell them, well, no, there was no one offering lessons at the time. It was such a new instrument that uh, there's no way to write the music down. The only way you can really learn about you know what sort of songs can be played on it is to either watch a YouTube video or listen to a recording of someone else. But I was more interested in, well, how do I make my own music? I'm not interested in learning to play music other people have written because that doesn't express my core values and, and my my passions. So, you know, I just sat down with the instrument and started tapping on it. Just Just keep tapping. <laughs> and eventually you find something you like. And that's really all my music is. It's just the, the things I found in my particular instrument that I like. And I, I just try to play for myself, and I hope that other people like it too. Well, and, and that's an interesting point that you bring up, not wanting to play what other people have played. And with this instrument, it seems like it would be almost difficult <laughs> to sit down and play, per se, like a song that somebody knows. 
on this instrument. Um, I'm, I'm sure it can be done, but it's you know it's not quite in that. Um, I wouldn't consider it quite that realm, so to say. Uh, it's, it's very free and open. And matter of fact, one of the things that came to me when I was sitting down thinking, hmm, I wonder what we can open up because I run very free style in my questions by whatever is coming up in the moment. But one of the things I made note of was in a lot of ways, this instrument's kind of like drumming. You know, you have to be willing to just get in there and hit on it a little bit (laughs) and see where it takes you versus where you're going to try to direct it. That's right. You really have to listen to the instrument as you play it. Um, If you just try to play without listening, you'll miss so many beautiful possibilities. Do you do you feel something like that? I mean, now you you're a mystic carrying shaman in the Peruvian tradition, and and a lot of that that culture brings in drumming rhythms to it. Um, do you find that there's a similarity in that kind of rhythmic playing that um, that drumming would be similar to? Because I would imagine anybody who enjoys drumming would enjoy looking at an instrument like that. Absolutely. I have seen some amazing handpan players that were percussionists in the traditional sense before they found the handpan. Now, I myself was not. This is the first percussion instrument that I've ever played, so it's been an interesting shift for me. But, yes, in shamanism, uh, we we do use drums, and uh, we made our own... Native American style drums, and we we played those during our our one year apprenticeship or, or training that we that I went through. Um, then the handpan certainly is based upon rhythms, but I love that it also allows you to explore melodies. And for me, it was like the bass guitar that I played in the past because it's kind of a bridge between the percussion or rather the rhythm and the melody. That's a really interesting blend, and I love that. And on that note, we're going to play your song, Claypool, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes.
And welcome to everybody that's listening in today. This is Jesse Ann Nichols George, and you're listening to Code Connection. Today I've got on my show with me CJ, who plays a champion steel halo, sequel pan pan, and sorrel pan pan. And uh, we're listening to some of his work, learning about his life lessons, his thoughts, his philosophies, um, his journeys, his stories. And it's a really wonderful. If you've missed any part of the show, definitely take the time to go back, listen to the show in the archives, and uh, listen to it all the way through because this is wonderful music. Anybody who isn't familiar with um, the halo or handpan instruments, they're percussion instruments that look like a flying saucer <laughs> in a way, which just fits perfectly with us here. And, um, you know, we definitely are blessed to have him on the show and sharing his work and his music with us today. And, uh, you know, CJ, I, I love that. It's like when I hear that song, it's like I can just – it. your music has a way of connecting with the soul, I guess is the way I would say it. And I can feel my soul doing this playful means and this, you know, dancing and just being so – free. There's a freedom and there's a joy and it's a very light energy, I guess, is the way I would describe it. It's that energy that just feels very open and, and non-stressful and it's beautiful. Instrument is a wonderful way to de-stress after work. <laughs> <laughs> On many levels, you can just hit that thing <laughs> And get out the frustrations, I would imagine, and then just the calming and you know the the lightheartedness of it. Um, yeah, you do have to be gentle with the instrument, though. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to take it and damage it. And after all, it's uh, you know it might look like it's got a few dents in it, <laughs> but it's uh, that's where the musical notes are, and. Uh, you know, it's such a unique piece, and I'm just it's so exciting to bring this this out in this um, method. What story do you want to share next? I've been kind of prompting in some stories here, I think, but do you have a story that's standing out for you that you you really want to share with us? Well, not at the moment, but perhaps one will come up if you express a particular area that you'd like to explore a little more with me. Okay, okay. I just I wanted to check in with you there and see if there was something that was coming up because sometimes my guests have specific things that that they want to touch on or something like that. Um, so, is there? Uh, you kind of mentioned actually the, the history of the hand pan. Are there differences between the hand pans and the halos in this instrument uh, range? Actually, the halo is a handpan. Uh, the maker of the halo, okay. Kyle Cox, he actually coined the term handpan and began applying it to the halo. It's a general term which encompasses all similar instruments with one exception. There is the original maker uh, in Switzerland and they called their instruments the hong. They also insist they're not instruments. They have a kind of a, a unique perspective, but uh, the hung was invented in 2001, and it was the only instrument of its kind in the world being produced until the halo, which began being sold in 2009. 
but now there have since been many people who have been learning how to create them, even though it can take a couple of years, even for someone who is very good or uh, naturally gifted in crafting them, because it is quite an art. It comes down in the end to one person and a hammer, and they have to learn just exactly where to hit the steel in order to get the desired result. So all those dents That's are intentional. Right. <laughs> yeah, those are all intentional and not just taking out frustrations at the end of the day. <laughs> um, I can only imagine the, the level of art that somebody would have to have to just literally kind of hammer in the dents in the right place to get just the right sound to create these notes. And the thought that this would take two years, I, I would think as a musician. Now, I I know a lot of musicians. I've had a lot of musicians in our lives. Matter of fact, the producer of our network is a musician and, and his band, Dragon's Head, which we had on earlier at the uh, summer solstice time frame, have been touring around. And Every musician I know is deeply interwoven with the, the um, instruments that they play. <laughs> but I don't know of any other musicians that have, you know, have an instrument that took two years to make either. Well, and it seems like um, that would create an even deeper intimacy with the instrument. Well, what I meant to say is that it takes about two years for someone to learn how to make one. Okay, so but, I'm not uh, Yeah, but there are certainly only a few instruments that one person can make per year. Um, and when I say a few, I mean on the order of maybe 50 or so. But and considering how much... Money. No, especially considering how much demand there is. The Internet has really exposed a lot of people to the instrument. And the waiting list for Pantheon Steel, for example, it... It must be thirty or forty thousand strong now, and so the only way that they can deal with that uh, is by using a lottery system to choose the winners. And That's all the makers amazing. have been all the makers have been challenged to come up with a method for fairly distributing their instruments. Uh, one of the unique things about these instruments is the economics of them. They're not priced according to what the market will support. They are priced according to what the makers feel is a fair price. In other words, they feel that their time is being compensated for, but they also want to make them somewhat affordable to common people. You know, it shouldn't be only the ultra-rich that can afford to play these wonderful instruments. So the makers sell them at far below market value as determined by eBay, for example. And so they take great care to connect with people that really love the instrument and aren't just interested in getting one so that they can flip it around and make a profit. And that would be a great disservice to the artists that created the instrument to profit off of their hard work. So personally, I, I, have, you know, I will only sell an instrument for what I paid, and I'll make sure that the person that buys it holds the same values that I do. Well, now, this is a, a very interesting way and an example that I hope more people take hold of is operating with that 
level of integrity because to think that you know one instrument maker, one hand pen maker can produce say maybe fifty a year, fifty sixty a year, um, is good at their their skills and their talent. And you've got a waiting list of like thirty thousand people deep. You know that's you know again that waiting list of having to wait for an instrument, I think, can be very valuable, like you say, as opposed to just, uh, you know, there's a certain amount of value and the fact that they're not capitalizing off of that because certainly they could exalt the prices humongously if they wanted to do that. And to see that integrity, I think, is an incredible example for us to follow in a whole array of things, matter of fact. You know, I myself, I had had some higher prices listed on my website. And I finally said to myself, you know, I'm just not comfortable with this. I mean, I always kind of had this open policy of, yeah, those prices are there, but, <laughs> you know, I kind of have this open door of, of sliding scales and, you know, I never turned somebody away who really needed help sort of thing because you know, it wasn't really about the money. But recently I went through and said, you know what, this is what a fair price is for my time. And um, and I don't care what everybody else is charging, and I don't care if I could get four times what I'm charging. Um, this is what I'm going to charge. So I hope that more people will take hold to that way of thinking and that way of doing business and, and uh, continue to hold what they do, not just as a business, but as an art um, that they're intimately woven with and that is of, of divine energy. Um, so yeah, ultimately, yeah. You. Go ahead. Oh, I, I was going to say thank you for bringing that piece in. Um, yeah, I certainly agree that ultimately what's important is a fair exchange of energy and I actually tried to do the same, something similar to what you were describing with things on your website with my CDs. I was selling them for whatever people wanted to pay. And that sometimes turned into a very beautiful exchange. And other times, people became very uncomfortable. I would say about 40% of people didn't know what to do. And I could see that it was probably making them more uncomfortable than, you know, I was I really wanted to make them. So I just went ahead and started using a fixed price as well. And I did the same thing on my website. That used to be or I, I rather the uh the Bandcamp downloads used to be name your own price and I eventually decided to change that for similar reasons because some people take advantage of it and it ends up, you know, making you feel a little taken advantage of. <laughs> And nobody likes to feel that way. Well, and I think that this is this is an important just life concept and spiritual lesson for us to work with because there's so many fluctuating pieces in here. Uh, when we start to talk about that exchange factor in there, and you know, on one hand, no, we're not out there doing things for money. You know, certainly there are people that are, but. Um, on the other hand, I think a big piece of the exchange, and, and as you say, somebody would certainly be welcome to open up other forms of exchanges, and I have people that do that for me. Maybe I've done something for them for free, and maybe they 
you know, help me get my word out there, whatever they do, um, in, in return. But if we don't have some sort of exchange, whatever that exchange is, if, if it's a hug, if it's a tear coming down a face, whatever it is, uh, we place people in debt. And that seems to run in conflict with karmic laws or universal laws uh, from what I perceive. Um, and, and the exchange allows us to stay out of the position of debt or debtor. And, yes, and also and I think that I think you also honor yourself in doing so too. I very much agree. Now I want to ask you about a song um, that you did. This is a little slower paced song, but I think it's such a great example how there can still be strength and power in music, how there can still be this level of energy that comes through even when you keep it soft. So in this song, it, it has a sort of soft and slow pace to it, but you pick up the pace along the way, but it still stays soft. And I love that because that's what I call a gentle strength. And the name of the song is Sweet, Sweetly, My Darling. Um, do you want to share with us a little bit about that song? Well, I wrote that song shortly after uh, probably the most profound experience of my life. It was an amazing contact with it, with uh, the divine, you know, a, a true mystical experience that's very hard to put into words, but it left me with absolutely no desires whatsoever uh, for at least about 30 minutes. I was just floating around completely content. There was no need to say anything to anyone. There was nothing that I desired uh, or needed. I was just in pure bliss, and I just wanted to hug everyone, um, to share that with them. And uh, It was through uh, a particular meditative experience that it occurred, and it left me with such a deep feeling of peace for weeks and weeks afterwards. And it was that feeling of peace that I wanted to convey with the song. I, I think that's a beautiful experience. I've had those experiences as well, and and they're one of the great blessings we get along the spiritual path <laughs> as we go. As many challenges as we can run upon when we get these experiences, they're the ones that you just go, wow, wow, these, these are amazing. So here is CJ's song, Sweet Sweetly, My Darling. We'll be back in a couple of minutes.
welcome back. This is Jesse and Nichols George. We are here on Code Connection with CJ, who plays at Champion Steel Halo. That was his song, Keep Sweet Me, My Darling. If you've missed any part of the show, you definitely want to go back and catch it in the archives because he's had a lot of great things to share with us today and a lot of wonderful stories and just great points for us to keep in mind as we're going through this world and, and walking our different paths along the way uh, in life. Um, you know, really, it's, it's amazing just all the different little um, melodies that you can get out of this instrument, CJ. It's, um, I, I find myself drifting away <laughs> when I listen to your music, and it's a good thing. It's a really good thing. Um, and and just when I listen and, and and hear your stories and you're sharing about your work, it brings up so many great memories and points along my path and the, the journey I've taken along the way, and it's so perfect for this time of year um, in this. So thank you definitely for that. Uh, I want to touch on one more concept here um, with some of the time that we have left, and and it's going to relate to the song that we play when we get ready to close out the show today. And that's around letting go. That's the title of the song we've chosen. So I think that this is such an important thing because we've been talking about all these different pieces of the spiritual journey and connecting and delving into things and reflecting and being in the moment and the, the art of presence and coming from the heart and exchange and uh, all of these, these being playful, all these great aspects. What about letting go for you? There's something related to that, something that um, makes that a powerful piece for you? Yes, this song for me was um, meant to be particularly meditative. And that's why it's a little longer than my other songs. I I named it Letting Go because I feel like the introspective process of meditation leads us to confront our beliefs and be willing to let them go and accept other possibilities. Um, and the spiritual journey is a perfect example because we all come into this world being taught certain systems of belief and as we go through life we have the opportunity to explore other possibilities and to let go of limiting beliefs and I keep reassessing what it is that I view as truth and I realize that even though what I have now as my current view seems to be correct as does everyone else's in their own minds I realize that what I perceive as truth is likely to change as it has in the past. And so I always hold my beliefs softly, and I accept that other people and other sources of information are likely to change them. You know, that's, a, that's an interesting piece that you bring in that I think a lot of people don't connect or haven't thought about. Um, when we talk about letting go, because I hear that term a lot, just let it go, just just release it. And I think a lot of people, their mindset panics and goes, I'm losing something when I let go. And hearing yes. you express it in a sense 
that it is actually allowing us to expand ourselves as opposed exactly. to losing. Yeah. I, I personally find that whenever I let go, I always gain so much more in return. That's that's such a powerful piece, and I think if we thought that way <laughs> when we were letting go of something, that it would open so many doors for us. As you, as you say, it allows us to accept other possibilities. And I guess if there's one of the big lessons I've learned along the way is that if I am willing to let go, I just might get to where I'd like to be. Um, because there's there's so many pieces I don't know about until I do that letting go. There's so many pieces that can't happen until I'm willing to let go. And uh, how does you know? Do you have any thoughts on that as far as how somebody gets comfortable? I think just adopting the the thought pattern that you have on that is great. But um, you know, how do they get past that fear to go? Okay. I'm going to let go, and that is going to be better. That's a great question. I approached it in my life with baby steps. Um, I'm going to use an example of entering into the uh, shamanic apprenticeship. Coming from a scientific background, I was, I've always been curious but skeptical. And the the idea of shamanism was very alien to me at first, but I was so curious about the possibility of having experiences for myself of things that I'd only read about that I decided to give it a try. And I basically made what I call a down payment in faith where I took a, a little bit of a step. I, I put myself out there a little bit. And, yes, maybe I was going to be made a fool of in my own mind or in the minds of others. But I, I let go of that fear. And I think that letting go of fear is the most critical step to advancing to a state of love. So in making these little down payments of faith, I eventually was rewarded with an experience that I couldn't explain using physics and all of my training in the sciences. It was you know, truly more of a mystical nature. And it was just so amazing to finally achieve that for myself because I, I am normally so... Um, analytical and uh you know I'm not one of the sensitive people who's able to perceive spirits and and the like so it was one of my first experiences in something beyond the physical and it was amazingly um when I was working to heal someone else so it was also extremely rewarding from that perspective I I love how you share things because um that sort of down payment, like, okay, I'm going to take this step and I'm going to see where it leads me. And, um, yeah, it, it, we have to release the fears if we're going to get into that love space. And, boy, I, I know the last year or so in particular, I've been through a lot of releasing stuff along the way, but the last year or so in particular has been incredible in regards to that. And, you know what I love about you is that you do have the science background. You do have this whole practical, technological side, uh, because so many times I can bring people on the show and it's like, oh, I've had this mystical experience and this is the way I've lived my life, and that's great too. 
but it's not often that somebody gets to listen to somebody like yourself who has that more practical science background and to hear them take the steps because, you know, you do have that, that skeptical place that you started from and and I think that's a great thing for, for people to hear, to realize that here, here's somebody who was skeptical at the beginning. Here is somebody who, you know, started getting these experiences that they couldn't explain. And as we know, they're hand in hand. They're like the yin and the yang because everything that's that mystical experience is so scientific, it's just beyond explanation in our human existence right now. And everything that's so scientific has a whole mystical ambiance to it. So I don't think they're really so separated. <laughs> I don't either. And actually, what led me to initially believe in God was science, uh, my study of quantum physics and, uh, you know, the, the, the whole universe, uh, all of creation. I saw so many things that just really pointed to it, for lack of better words. And I think that's what fueled my desire to go ahead and, and put my time into trying to explore it for myself and, and see what was behind the words that I hear other people speak about. Because I didn't find that the words really taught me. It's the experiences that have taught me. Very well said. And I think that's a big piece for us to keep in mind when we are going to take those steps. And it doesn't matter how small they are and letting go is because it's the experiences where we're really going to get it. It's in the experiences that we live, and that's powerful. Do you have any closing comments that you would like to leave people with um, today? Anything that you want them to keep in their mind, take away with them? Yeah, I just want to encourage people to explore their own path. I think we are all, we're all on a slightly different trajectory or a different path up the mountain, but they all lead to the same peak with the same beautiful view. And I encourage everyone to take information in, explore it, and pass it through their hearts as well as their minds. I encourage skepticism a healthy amount, but I also encourage people to set aside their beliefs momentarily and think, well, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm missing out on something beautiful? That was really powerful, and I'm not even going to add anything to that. <laughs> it was just perfect the way you said it, absolutely perfect. CJ, I want to thank you for being on the show today and for sharing everything with us and um, yourself, your stories, your music, your work, and your thoughts. Um, it has been such a blessing and such a gift, and I am in deep appreciation beyond what I can express for you to do this interview because I know it's not something that you commonly do. No, it's actually my first, but I've enjoyed it immensely, and I very well may do another. <laughs> so thank you. <laughs> and, 
And if you put out a second CD, I will have you back on again in a heartbeat. <laughs> okay? I, I expect that will happen. I'm about halfway there in terms of material. <laughs> Perfect. So, see, we have something more to, to look forward to. That's just great. Hey, this, uh, you know, has been a great show today. And, again, I, I want to encourage people, if you've missed any part of this, do go back and listen to it from the beginning. Um, listen to it in the archive. Next week coming on our show, when, and stay tuned, by the way, because we do have one more song uh, that we're going to close the show out with that's by CJ. So hang in there with us. We're going to get to that. Next week I have Jonna Andrea Tuttle coming on, and we're going to be talking about her work in Abundant Living. And uh, I've got on my website, by the way, events from my True North Tour, which is in effect. And uh, I'm kind of just getting the sampling out this year. It will be in more of a full effect starting next spring. So you might say I'm planting the seeds <laughs> here at this time of year. Perfect for doing that. And I've got events going on in Pottstown, Pennsylvania, uh, just outside of Philadelphia, Fairfax, Virginia, just outside of Washington, D.C., and Westford, Massachusetts, just outside of the Boston region. So you can connect with me in all of those areas. And that is going to be happening during the month of October. So jump on in there. I've also got an event coming up on Halloween weekend here in the Sioux Falls, South Dakota area where I'm based at the moment. And uh, you can come and join me around here. And lots of things that are going to be getting added along the way. I really appreciate everybody's patience with me as I've been doing this regrouping and restructuring to delve more into the coded work and really bring out more of the truth in the world because, uh, like CJ has found a lot of truths in his work, I've found so many powerful truths in working with the codes, and that's going to be opening. And go in and like my Facebook page for Jesse Ann Nichols George Code Interpreter. And um, on there, I'm going to actually be sharing some things on that page that I'm not going to be sharing in other places. So you'll want to follow that. And uh, I've got some great shows coming up. I'm actually going to be looking at how the presidential candidates are uh, coded in upcoming shows as well. And we're going to delve into some other big topics like Dark Night of the Soul and aspects like that that will be going on. And we'll be looking at the codes involved with that and how those, those things impact our lives. Uh, along the way. So, um, you know, we, we need to know what we're in for uh, based on these different pieces and not to be at mercy of situations, but to understand the flow of the energy so that we know how we can work with it and um, gain some positive experiences from it. And uh, again, you've got all my products, monthly videos. I'll be cutting a new monthly video here very shortly, um, probably in the next week or so and uh, bringing that out. But you can learn about all those on my website, jessianniblesgeorge1.com. And, uh, you know, just come and, and do that co uh, connection there with me. You can find everything on there. And September special, by the way, that's still in effect. You can receive the ebook version of New Me Life Dreams and, uh, and the companion workbook on there for only $1.99 each. So it's a great time to pick that up. And that comes available in many forms through Smashwords, which is who I work through. And uh, that includes Kindle in there and uh, almost any other type of reader. That is a book that's also available to as an ebook free to libraries for their library programs. So uh, any library can order those up as well. 
And uh, don't forget, we've got several shows here on Main Street Universe throughout the week. Monday night is Randy Goldberg. He's back working with Vedic Astrology and other topics that he does. Tuesdays, we have Susan Wheat sharing her work in Herbs and Natural Plants. She's been doing 13 Magical Trees on an ongoing series throughout this year. A half-hour show, but boy, it's packed with information. Wednesday nights, we have Daniel and Janice on our flagship show, and and um, it keeps getting rescheduled, but eventually I am going to be on. She's just going to play the last song, and i got to hang on to make sure she didn't want to talk to me afterwards. So um, I'll be on with her. She'll be doing some interviewing with me. And um, then, of course, every now and then, Baron Bouquet pops on with Madame Laveau in New Orleans. Uh, his work there, he's a reader, and he shares his insights. And then Kevin Baird is going to actually be on tomorrow with his new companion. Some of you might have heard the interview that I did with him and had him on the show. Um, so you can tune into that tomorrow. Hey, this is Jesse and Nichols George. And thanks so much for being here today. And thanks to all of our listeners, not only on Blog Talk Radio, but those streaming live on 10 known as Car Encounters Network, StreamFinder, Top Stream Live, and those catching our podcasts at iTunes and TuneIn.com as well as those catching the YouTube version of the show. I look forward to seeing you back here next week as we delve more into Code Connection. Don't forget, if you've enjoyed the show today, share it with others. It's going to be available at the same link in our archive. And I'm going to leave you today with the song Letting Go by CJ, our guest today. Thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you again next week right here on Code Connection. May you enjoy the rest of your weekend and have a truly amazing week.